When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome everybody here to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin, joined today by somebody who has taken too long to come back on the pod. This has been a me thing. I I, I finally uh, remembered to 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 message yeah. this guy. He is really good on this show. Incredible as a as a Lakers beat reporter. That is Dan Wojcicki of the LA Times, who, as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, wants you to subscribe to the LA Times. Fill out, That's right. fill out get go go. Hey, I think it's like a dollar a day. Um, uh, buck for like six months, I think. Yeah, right buck, now. yeah, it, and, yeah. And then it's um, and then cheaper after that. The the coolest thing, in addition to like the the online access is um, in the app. It has a very good app. Um, mm-hmm. And there's you get the uh, you can get like the newspaper, like the PDF of the newspaper every day. So if you still like like seeing like how stories yeah, how are like sorted in design and stuff like that, which like I enjoy, like yeah, I'll just pull it up here on my phone. It like has it like there's the there newspaper and you can just sort through sections, stuff like that. It's pretty easy. Yeah. yeah. So my parents read the newspaper. In I, Illinois. I, uh, I could see that. I could see my dad being into that. Yeah. My dad would really, really like that. I think um, my grandpa, when, when, you know, we, we, got them um out of their old house he had an entire room devoted to newspapers <laughs> it was just like it was called the fire hazard room <laughs> it was it was way warmer in there yeah, yeah you're right yeah. um uh, just combust and say i have a bunch of newspapers that my dad saved through the years from like like, I think I have a Chicago Tribune or Chicago sometimes somewhere from when the 1985 Bears won the Super Bowl. Oh, man. Like, I have, like, the actual paper. And it's still, like, the paper is still, like, holding its – I mean, it's it's in a bin or something somewhere. But, like, I have, like, stuff like that, half stuff from when the Bulls won um, mm-hmm. championships and stuff as I grew up there. And then, you know, like, different presidential elections, different, like – catastrophe like different things like that that like sort of seem like history at the mm-hmm. time like my dad's i do always wonder though like at this time like were there other elements where you thought like you were on the verge of something and it was like you know like if you were like <laughs> is there somebody yeah. in massachusetts with like just like a room full of like dakakis memorabilia <laughs> that was like this this is the guy <laughs> like where you have like dukakis wins primary like i should save this like in Chicago, you know, people were just like, "Demar Derozan's gonna lead us to yes. a championship." That's yes. it. Eddie Curry, the day the day the Bulls drafted Eddie Curry and Tyson Chandler, <laughs> like we have that newspaper. 
Um, yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like <laughs> Brad Sellers. Uh, you wonder like who it could like. So I, it, it is funny. Like we don't have the Michael Jordan draft newspaper. Obviously it's 1983. I was two, but like, mm-hmm. but it's, you don't know. And this is a, an interesting enough segue. This was the thing I kept repeating to myself in New York city because uh-huh. it was like a very like seductive NBA draft. Yeah. Where like you, the way people talked about the draft, and they talked about the depth. You you go into these rooms and you're like, oh, these all of these guys are going to be good. Because like yeah. you've just been scouting. You've just been hearing strength, strength, strength. Like, what does this guy do? Oh, he's a defender. He's this. He's that. And it's like it's a, a good reminder that like a bunch of them are going to not be good. Mm-hmm. Like every year. And by the way, the, the only thing that's really predictive, generally speaking, as to whether or not someone's going to be good is how close they were to drafted to number one. Yeah. That's like that's generally or how also it goes. where they got drafted, right? Like Brandon Miller, I'm I'm really concerned is gonna be a bust because he got drafted by the Charlotte Hornets. And, and and you're not wrong, but his bust potential is just so much lower than if it was yeah. drafted ninth. Yeah. Like it just it, it, like there are exceptions obviously to rules and stuff like that. But it, like I did a project for the Lakers newsletter where I like I picked the greatest draft pick at every one through 60, like ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is history? just, no, every team period, period. Just like okay. where, like who's the best player picked here or whatever. Uh-huh. And like it, it, there, there are these pockets and stuff like that where like, there's been a bunch of good players picked at like 27 or something like that. But generally speaking, like looking through these drafts is like, Oh, it really helps you get picked in the top five. Yeah. Like it's one of those <laughs> things where like you forget, and it's like well, that's the best way to get a great player is to draft at the top of the draft. Who's your number gets, one? Number one? I said Magic Johnson. Okay. And um, because um, you know, obviously Cleveland, like LeBron, is I think the best player ever taken number one. Mm-hmm. But Cleveland didn't win a championship with him um, in that first Initially. stretch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, while they had him, they lost him in free agency. To me, it was Magic one team. You know. What, five championships and 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 you know obviously yeah. uh, the the sort of like saving basketball thing that certainly too. helps. <laughs> yeah, he was number yeah. one on my, to me. He was like the most like bang for the buck at like the yeah. pick. I was thinking yeah. maybe Kareem, but like given that he didn't one title with the Bucks, yeah, like didn't stick it out with Milwaukee. So if you're taking that mm-hmm. into account, Magic makes a lot of sense. Yep. Um, we have a ton to talk about. Yeah, let's uh, get to it. The, you mentioned the draft. We have free agency coming up. Obviously, trade talk is is this is kind of this is peak slop season, and mm-hmm. um, I kind of want to kick things off here because, like you know, some people refer to it as slop season. I call it lying season because there is so much. I call so, it I call it silly season. It's like what yeah. I just wrote. Yeah, it's it's uh and 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 I I I kind of and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to and and we'll dive into the specifics here in a bit but. Mm-hmm. Is there, like, I'm I'm curious where journalists draw the line. I'm not a journalist. I'll occasionally relay some of what I'm hearing, but I'm not a journalist. I never claim sure. to be a journalist. But like, is there an example that you can think of of like the most ridiculous and clear lie that a source tried to slip by you that you were like, I I can't do anything with this. Is <laughs> um, I mean, last year was the notion that like Kyrie Irving was considering signing with the Lakers on the mini mid level. <laughs> but that got out. <laughs> that was yeah. like that was that was like that the was one reported. that I was like 
Like, is that real? Like, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Mini double? Like, 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 it was like one of those things, like, I believe that, like, maybe was floated at some point. And yeah. then, like, it was like you, like, the information got out, like, between the time in which, like, Kyrie heard, like, like he could do it that way. Versus when he could Google how much money the mid, mini mid level was, there was like a window of time <laughs> in between there, yeah, where that was true, and and then so it was like as soon as it was like, oh yeah, like the mini mid level, yeah, sign me up, and I was like, he was like, wait, wait what? what? Five, yeah, uh, no, no, thank you, nope, no yeah. longer interested. Yeah, I remember. So like, I, I mean, that like, was that was what, but like you hear like you hear like things like that all the time. Like you hear like, I don't know. I mean, I. The pe- most of the people that I talk to, I mm-hmm. think I have good enough relationships with that, like, nobody is just going to, like, flat, flat line to me. Yeah. Like, in, in a way that is, like... Uh, that hangs you out to dry. That either, A, hangs you out to dry. Like, I'm sure I'm being lied to, but it's yeah. usually much more subtle. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's about, like, you know, contract ranges and you know, perhaps like interest from like, if, if someone were to say like, Oh, like my client has interest from like six teams, like maybe it's four. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Or yeah. something like that. Like, I mean, there's like different levels of that. And then there's also like the sort of stuff that you hear that's like second and third handed. Right. Like that's like yeah. the other stuff too. Like that for me is generally speaking where like I draw my line is like, if I'm hearing it first handed, I like usually like will report it. Yeah. If I'm hearing it secondhanded, I'll usually either follow up with it or I'll um I'll it's like a write starting it point. in a way. Yeah. Like I'll I'll write it in a way that's like a little softer than just sort of like this is what I'm hearing, like sources yeah. say or whatever. Like, you know, um like I'm trying to think of a good example of something like, you know, uh trade possibilities, stuff like that. Like I mean, all of that stuff, though, too, is, like, I think part of it is, is, like, as a beat writer, like, I've done this now 12 years, probably. Mm -hmm. Like, I I do sort of, I know that people like this stuff. Like, I really do understand, and I like it, too. But I also generally understand that, like, conversations happen about virtually every possibility. Example in case case in point, um, there was a report few weeks back about like you know source lakers have had talks about this player right sure and and i went to confirm that and you know i was speaking to some people and one person was like teams talk about every single player in the league right and it's a matter of like how far those conversations go and we can start like we can start piecing together that or whatever but when 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 the report is just report Lakers have had talks about this guy. Like I could say right now, the Lakers have had conversations about Damian Lillard. How far they went, how realistic any of that is. Sure. Very, very different conversation. Yeah, they have the conversation, they look at their salaries and they say, okay, cool, well, we can't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you, you yeah, know what re- I mean? It's like report, sort of, Kyrie yeah. Irving thinking about the mini mid-level and then he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, I mean, look, and I think that there are elements of that stuff, and, like, so, like, whenever I, like, try to put together, like, lists where there are names or, like, whatever, like, I mean, you know, it, I try to, like, have it be a little more focused, but look, like, some of this stuff is, um, it, like, some of the stuff is common sense, 
right? Like, yeah. so I, I tweeted something that like caught some, like, uh, I would say, and like, it, it was sort of sourced, but it was more just sort of like, don't be surprised. So like when Frank Vogel got the Phoenix job, mm-hmm. like I wrote like, don't be surprised if he looks to the people he worked with here. Yeah. Right. And, and it was Phil Handy. Um, John Pastoric and Drew Anthrop, right, were the three mm-hmm. names that I tweeted because those are the three guys that got retained by Darvin Ham. Yeah. Like, first of all, I got aggregated into me saying that, like, Phil Handy was leaving to Phoenix, which I never wrote. I said, don't yeah. be surprised if don't, because guess what? That's what coaches do is yeah. like you, you go to the people that you've worked with, like Frank Bolo worked with Drew in Orlando. Like, mm-hmm. that's probably a call he's going to make. And if you look at that Phoenix Sun staff, you know, right now, now it Miles is, Simon, too. Miles Simon. Oh, Miles Simon was another dimension. But it was like, you know, Greg St. Jean, who was on the Lakers staff, who went to, yeah. you know, Quentin Crawford, who was on the Lakers staff, who went to Dallas. Those two guys are now in Phoenix. Um, you know, John Pastoric and Drew Anthrop have, have left. Yeah, have gone from the Lakers to, to the Suns. And it's not an indictment of culture in LA. It's not an, it's not a, oh my God. You know, the sun is so much brighter in Phoenix, pun intended, I guess, because whatever. <laughs> but, like, it is uh, – no, it's just sort of how this works. Yeah. Like, if my mentor called me tomorrow and asked me something like that, like, I would consider that more than if just some rando did. Yeah. And, and Don't like, be surprised sort of- if Dan Wojcicki goes and shows <laughs> some interest in the Chicago Sun-Times, for example. <laughs> I, well <laughs> – Maybe a little surprised, but like, I think like, <laughs> but yeah, but, but I mean, like to a certain extent, it's like some of this stuff is like paint by numbers. Right. And, and so I think that does tie into like, if there are superstars available, like you would anticipate, I think that conversations are had. Um, yeah. They should be. Um, what I think is so interesting about this Lakers off season and, and, and what, you know, I tried to write this the other day, I think it was in the Sunday paper was like, basically like, you know, they, they have been very clear publicly about what their plan is, mm-hmm. right? Which is basically functionally run it back, right? Yeah. It's like the plan is we are going to retain our free agents. We want to keep our free agents. We want to move forwards and see what this team, you know, can do. We, we were the, the second best team in the NBA after the All-Star break. Um, let's try to build on that with continuity. Like we are betting on continuity and internal improvement as a waste. Um, I think that is probably the most prudent path. I do wonder, and I am skeptical always because, like, there will be the bright, shiny star slash quasi-star that comes available, and you wonder if, like, oh, like, yeah. is this where you deviate? Like, and, and I think that was what was so interesting with, like, the Chris Paul stuff, which was, like, they were never in on Chris Paul, as far as I know, at, like, $30 million. Like, that was, like, a yeah. non-starter. Like, I don't think like they were going to... Like, yeah. yeah, I don't think they were going to package the Beasley Bamba contracts for Chris Paul, like with, with assets like that never, that never passed the smell test to me. I never heard that from anybody yeah. at the minimum. I was absolutely. told definitively they were not going to, like I was told, no, not going to happen. No, not on a trade. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the minimum that changes, the calculus changes, right. And stuff like that. So, so I think like that will be to me, I'm curious as to how committed they are to the pathway they've set forwards for themselves when curveballs inherently happen during free agency and guys are maybe a little more interested than you realize markets are a little different than you anticipated. You know, will, will there be a swing 
or will they stay the path? I think that is like, to me is the most sort of telling storyline that I'm watching over the next three weeks. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's really interesting because Rob Polinka, like every swing that he has taken to this point has been a home run swing, right? He's very much, you know, money ball where it's the three outcomes. It's a strikeout, a walk, or a bomb. And, mm-hmm. and um, this time, though, when you kind of look into some of what, or when I've, when I've spoken to people about what the Lakers are kind of interested in doing, it's a lot more singles. It's a, mo- a lot more like, you know, move the runners along, keep this momentum going forward. If they do use Bamba and Beasley, it'll be more for a role player than it would be for, you know, I was really interested. I was really um, fascinated by kind of the lack of interest in Bradley Beal, the lack of interest in Chris Paul and even Kyrie Irving that they're just like, yeah, those guys are available, but not for us. We think we're pretty good. We think we're pretty good. And and look, and their ability to get some of them too also is like one of those things that there is a little bit of a like, you can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> yeah. Some of this, I like, I really do think that is true as well. Like, I think, you know, Bradley Beal was like, I want to be a Los Angeles Laker. Here's how you can get me. Yeah. You know, like X, Y, Z, like it will cost you functionally what it cost. It'll cost you less than it costs the Suns. Like mm-hmm. maybe, maybe it happens. Um, I do think though, like, yeah, like generally like I think it's been pretty interesting and pretty telling that they haven't even been like in this story. Like they haven't been like the Lakers yeah. could also be interested. Like they've been like kind of out of it, which is like like I said, like they've like I wrote the other day, they've signaled very clearly publicly what they want to do. And like most of what I'm hearing privately, it kind of matches it. Yeah. Which is that and that's rare. Like the 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 story that the, that I use that I use in my story to like kind of lead into this was so I followed Jalen Hutchino around at the draft after he got picked. Like okay. I like kind of watched him go from like you know his different media spots and stuff like that. Like you know he did do these different interviews and like all that stuff. And I kind of hung out with him for an hour or so after he got picked, and um, it worked really well for me because the player picked directly behind him was Hami Hakan. You know, who we also have interest with and stuff like that. And Ben Bolts was writing a story about Jaime. And so yeah. we were talking at one point and I told him, and I tweeted this, I want to say the day before the draft, that like Jaime Jaquez is getting like real serious top 20 interest. Yeah. Like I was talking about the Miami Heat. Yeah. Okay, like that, I was very... He's such a I, heat draft pick. And he's, I've been told... so perfectly heat. Yeah, and I've been told the Heat are going to pick him. If he is yeah. there, the Heat are going to pick him. Right? Like, like... I had heard this from two different people, uh, people involved in the draft that were like, this was their intel. They were locked in. And so I asked Jaime about that. I was like, I told him, I'm like, yeah, like I kind of heard like last week, like you're going to the heat. Like, you know, were you still like a mess today or whatever? And he was like, dude, I was shitting bricks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Until they called my name, like I was terrified because they could be lying. Like you don't know. And I do think, like, I do feel that way a little bit about the Lakers in the summer, 
Whereas like they've said very, very clearly, like we are doing this, this, and this. Okay. Well, like until, until that $85 million offer sheet slides across the table with Austin Reeves' name on it, you've got to match it. Like, are you really doing that? Like until, if, if that is what's happening, like, you know, until, you get that tax bill and you see what the tax is because you're going to re-sign Rui Hachimura and D'Angelo Russell too. Like, are, like this is what running back looks like. Are you going to give, you know, your mid-level to Dennis Schroeder? Like, you know, are all these things going to happen to, so you keep your core intact in a way um, that requires it to hurt in some other ways? Or are you going to be seduced by the possibility of change, which has been really the story of this team you know, since LeBron James has gotten here, which has yeah. always been, the grass is always greener. Even after a title, the grass was greener. Immediately after the title. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, it's, it's, I, I do kind of wonder if like they've arrived here because they kept pursuing that greener grass, right? Like if they've, they did have the amount of success that they had last year and you know, you can, it can be parsed and it can be debated as far as like how legitimate that run was. And if that is something that is considered sustainable or whatever, but the Lakers, and I think there are two factors that are important here. Um, the moves that got the Lakers there were Rob Palinka moves, right? And they were the, the the guys that the that the Lakers have on their roster had on their roster as they were uh, going for you know playing into the Western Conference Finals. Those were Rob Palinka moves, and I know that that kind of mattered. Like in in uh, you know an example is Alex Caruso wasn't really a Palinka guy, and you know, unceremoniously goes to Chicago. Right. Um, and, and I think that's, that was a factor there. And then the other thing too, is like, you do, I would hope learn from mistakes is, you know, they won the championship and they overhauled the roster. And now all that is left from the championship is LeBron and AD. And I think they've kind of, that roller coaster was a little too much. <laughs> you know, they, they yeah. got off that roller coaster and now they're like, all right, yeah, let's just, you know, Let's pump the brakes at Space Mountain, and and we aren't going on any kind of like six flags roller coasters. I think the other thing too, I'm looking this up really quickly just so I don't say it wrong. This was like a very weird, um, a weird place historically for the Lakers to end their season. Mm-hmm. Like like they don't really do this that often, right? Like so, when was the last time they lost in the conference finals? Um. 1990 had to have been like to the Spurs, right? Like it had. Nineteen been... yeah, nineteen ninety eight. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Before that, you like, you know, so I know 17 for them was a crazy strange draft pick. Mm-hmm. Um, like the teams in general, they never drafted the teams. Um, yeah. I think that the three players they've drafted in the teams in my lifetime were Javaris Crittenden, Anthony Peeler, and Mike McGee in like 1981 mm-hmm. or something like that. Like when I did my And they research. traded so for like, Kobe at like 14 or whatever. Thir- at 13 or whatever. 13. But like, where their pick, like where they started the draft, their pick, like, like 17 is a weird place for them Um, because they're usually in it like to the end. You know what I mean? And they're they're picking in the the mid to late twenties or or worse, or they've been in a rebuild. Mm -hmm. And and so like, I do think like after a championship, like there is like that immediate, like how are we going to defend? How are we going to repeat? Right. And like part of that, like does sort of necessitate you being like, well, we need to be better. Yeah, and I think that sort of mentality is like what led to moves. By the way, moves that sort of worked in the short term, um, derailed by injuries, and who knows how that season ends differently. I think that roster was worse 
than mm-hmm. than the year before, probably in some ways. Um, yeah, but definitely more talented. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and more that, talented. The pieces didn't fit. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I think hindsight will say like you know like how valuable would Montrezl Harrell have been as like a playoff contributor? You know, like I think the answer is probably not very. Yeah, based on what we what we've seen before and after. Yeah. Um, you know, but I still think like that. I mean, that team was very good um, prior to the um, LeBron and Anthony Davis injuries. Um, yeah. you, you know, and I think like so then that season happens and it it doesn't quite get the way you want their injuries and stuff like that. So you're like, well, we've got to be better. We've got to pivot yeah. again. And then obviously it doesn't work. And then you change <laughs> again. Yeah. Um, this has been like sort of the first like where it's like the natural common sense thing to do. Be like, let's just do that. Like the path of least resistance is actually probably the best path here. And and so that, that doesn't like lend itself to the argument that they will look pretty similar next year. Mm-hmm. Here's the other reason why is because like, if you do kind of go that way, it's also a, a pretty changeable group. If you needed yeah. to make moves, if you needed to put together stuff, if you wanted to chase a star, like it does have like the, the, the numbers lend itself to it in a way that if you have just one guy making $45 million or $40 million, it, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that last point is really important. You also mentioned something in passing that I'm not going to let slip, but you mentioned oh the possibility of, of giving Truder at least a chunk of the taxpayer mid-level to sure. uh, bring him back. Is that something that you're hearing? Is, is that something I, I've I, wondered, I think it's, but I think it's, I think there is a, um, it's it's not necessarily like I've been told that is like the plan or anything like that. Yeah. I think it is more it is more like okay, so we can look to we can look to Darwin's Ham Darwin Ham's past, right, and see how yeah. Milwaukee was able to retain Bobby Portis, mm-hmm. right, and stuff like that. So we can look to that, and like we also know what how Dennis feels about Darwin, how Darwin feels about Dennis, and and I know like being around True last year a lot, like seeing his sort of value. I, I think he's someone that they would value in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and so I, th- I think that would be somebody that they would look to, but like, it, it's also, you know, I, his market is going to be really interesting because it is sort of a soft point guard market. And, yeah. you know, it's, it would be easy to imagine a team that needed, you know, it, it would be on one hand, it would be easy to imagine a team that needed some backcourt out to, to look to Dennis Schroeder and say like, okay, like here's $50 million. Like we have cap space, like, come be a part of what we're doing. Um, but then you start to like, look at the cap teams. Yeah. And, and it, it's, it's just weird. Like, and the... like, I don't think it's going to be the Rockets. Like he was just there. Right. And like yeah. that, that didn't end very well. Um, the Spurs certainly possible. Um, but like, they also like their point guard situation too. And their timeline is not. Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, I mean, you would sign Dennis Schroeder as somebody that you believed in. It's just like having it would be good for him to be around women Yama and stuff like that. But that would be the reason why you would do it there. Orlando has all the guards. Yeah, yeah, they have guards yeah, you, and bigs. You, you know, <laughs> Detroit has guards. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, is that I'm just spitballing? Like, this isn't me to be aggregated or anything. But like, I don't know. Like, does Toronto make would would Toronto make sense for him if they lose Fred VanVleet? Um, like I could see that. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, but I mean, I think the Lakers situation is a really good situation. Yeah. And I think particularly in a, in, in a world in which you are re-signing 
D'Angelo Russell as well. Like I think having a capable starting level back backup slash potential starter, like that makes sense to me. Um, yeah. If you're going to go continuity, go continuity. But like, I haven't really gotten totally in the weeds yet. Like weirdly enough on Laker free agency, just because I was just super in the weeds on Laker draft. And, yeah. and like I said, they've been so clear with like their path. They've just been like very like, Oh yeah. Like this is what we're doing. Like there's not much to say. Yeah. It, it, it is funny with Schroeder, um, you know, simultaneously I'm listening to you talking. I'm like, is that the best use of the taxpayer mid-level? Like we just saw them last year struggle to have anybody on the court who wasn't Anthony Davis at the center spot. Mm-hmm. And there's some concern there. Um, I know that like Colin Castleton's camp is, is actually pretty optimistic about like his fit with the Lakers. Uh, yes. So I've said that he's um, somebody to keep an eye on at summer league and, and, and heading into training camp that maybe he could slip into like the Wynn and Gabriel role. Um, but like, you know, you mentioned that the, the point guard market is a little dry. The center market is super dry. Um, you yeah. know, now that Nas, Nas Reed just signed, uh, or re-signed in, in Minnesota, Brooke Lopez is going to go for more than the Lakers are going to be able to put together. Um, sure. so, so, you know, do you, do you look at like, you know, Dwight Powell at the, at the mini mid level as, as a backup more capable than Bamba was more capable than Wenyon was or Thomas Bryant was, um, mm-hmm. or like you said, you go with something that, you know, in intruder and say, well, those lineups with Schroeder, D'Angelo and Austin and LeBron and, and, and AD played pretty well together. And this is somebody that we know. We also probably, I think the Lakers um, understand that if they do retain D'Angelo Russell, it would be on a contract that can be moved at the deadline. So if you do move Russell, do you want a starting caliber point guard on your roster um, that allows you to do so? That's kind of what they were thinking was last year with Russ. Remember where they where they anticipated trading Russ and they had 73 combo guards to step in whenever it was that they traded Russ for probably some wings or, or something like that. So um, yeah. that would be interesting to see what they what they do there. Um, I'm gonna give you the I'm gonna give you the list of guys last summer who are making functionally the mid level, right? Mm-hmm. So you had Justin Holiday, Danilo Gallinari, um, Caleb Martin, got it. You know, whatever. Like, Patty Mills, Joe Ingles, Bruce Brown, Bonnie Walker. That's where we're at. Yeah. You know, and and so I do think like all right, like Dwight Powell probably fits into that. Um, you know, does um I don't know. Does I'm looking at my list bridge. Does Mason Plumley? You know, or is he? Do the He's Clippers probably a minimum just, guy. You know what I mean? Like, if Mason Plumlee's like, I mean, like to me, is like a very capable backup. Like, you know, we saw Cody Zeller playing important playoff minutes mm-hmm. as a backup center. Bismack Biombo has played backup center minutes. Yeah. Um, you, you know, like to me, again, like the hedge, the hedge there. It is like, you know, and where sneakily like Thomas Bryant was so valuable to the Lakers last year is like when Anthony Davis missed a month. He like, played really well. He, he played well. And he so like it is it is an important it's an important position to have um in their organization. Um the question just sort of becomes as to like how important, right? Like you have limited yeah. pathways 
to do this. And, um, you know, I could see them using that, that, that spot on a big, um, I always thought Nasrid was a little optimistic, um, yeah. super valued. Like, I yeah. mean, I mean, look at what he did, what Minnesota gave him also, like, I mean, there would have been five other teams easily lined up to give him that contract, if not mm-hmm. 15. Um, so, you know, he you look at that backup. slightly more than the non-taxpayer mid-level, yeah. which was, you know, yeah, you look at the, I mean, you look at the list of free agent centers, I'm pulling this up right now, and it is like a, you know, I mean, you're not going to sign Brooke Lopez, inspiring. probably. You're not signing Pirtle. You're not signing, I mean, Mason Plumlee's a maybe. Thomas Bryant is probably not coming back. Andre Drummond, we've been there. Um, Jack Landell is probably getting re-signed. Kevin Love is, I would say, someone who, sure, like whatever, has a relationship with LeBron and stuff like that, but is like not really what we're talking about. Yeah, he's you know more. I mean? Yeah, he's more of like a um, a power. You, you know, I mean, yes. So, so it's like pretty quickly, like you're getting down into the Robin Lopez and Alex Robin Lopez. Wayne Demons, like you know, um, Cody. Yeah, Bismack, Cody Zeller, no one's well. Like, I mean, it, it. I wouldn't be stunned if you're, you know, obviously if Count Castle plays well, there are, is an option there for him. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if it's. You know, winning Gabriel and Tristan Thompson. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't stun me if that was if that was how they entered the season. Yeah. I, I it's it's funny, like I'm I'm having, you know, there are all these questions and follow ups that I have and, and it and it, it all just does arrive at the same place. It's like the Lakers are telling us this is what we're thinking about doing. The, the, they they are saying it clearly in ways that by the way, like they haven't historically. Nobody does that. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever just comes out and says, well, it's, like, yeah, it's, it's so aligned with it's it's mostly aligned with common sense here yeah. too. Right? Which was I mean, we heard Rob Palinka, you know, and uh, oh boy, this is a great buzzword. Like if, you know, the Lakers in pre agency. Yeah. Right. Like this yeah. has not been I mean, people have known this for agents this for Asian class is what it is. You know, and, and quite frankly, the next one too. Like there is, is sort of a feeling that it's like, okay, like, yeah. So wh- how how much better can we get now? You know, if you get into the world where guys are taking pay cuts, or you're doing signing trades and stuff like that, then it can get a little more interesting. Certainly, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like, I, I I think there are guys that would make sense for the Lakers. Um, I hesitate to like name all of them, right? But I mean, like, like Brooke Lopez would make a lot of sense for the Lakers. Yeah. Perfect you know acquisition. I mean? Yeah. And, and like, you know, I mean, he would be easy to Photoshop into a Laker jersey. We already have that ability. Uh-huh. Um, you know what I mean? Like, to me, like, he's a guy that, okay, well, like, what are the pathways? You know? Um, certainly there are more pathways, I think, that make sense for him than, say, like, Christian Wood. Yeah. You yeah. know? But who knows? And, and like in Brooke Lopez's case, like the Lakers can just like forward him the email again and again and again and again. Hey, we fired Luke Walton. Just a heads up. Like he's not here anymore. You Do you remember Darvin Ham? You like Darvin Ham. He's still here. <laughs> Luke, you not like here. Darvin, Darvin here. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, like there there is like a pitch to be made, I think, certainly. And I wouldn't be surprised again if they have that conversation. Um, you know, it's just a matter of like, okay, like how, how feasible is it? I mean, is somebody really going to be leaving $10 million or so on the table? You know, I mean, if he, he's just as valuable in Milwaukee. He's already won a championship too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you normally, those guys who take that kind of a hit 
are mm-hmm. willing to take that kind of a pay cut are doing so because they haven't won. And he's won. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. So, I'm, I, like I said, I I was having a conversation with somebody today, and I was just like, I think I said I'm like braced mostly for a pretty boring free agency. Yeah. Like all things considered, for the Lakers, like in the sense that it's like a lot of resignings. Um, you know, as much like sort of like future flexibility as as you can hold on to um, that allows you to to pivot should you need to. Yeah, and... I think they wind up bringing back Bamba and Beasley for that reason. Like I, after after the draft, I was told that it's probably more likely now than it was heading into it that Bamba and Beasley start the season on the Lakers because those are expiring contracts that can be moved at the deadline for a thirty million dollars. Sure. Player. Or, or in the off season too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like I think that is certainly would be something on the table as well. I mean, I haven't heard anything like super firm on that front yet. I think that there is like, you know, again, like I do think that Malik Beasley is somebody that it's not hard to squint and find a role for, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, he did not play very well down the stretch last year and his shooting was too inconsistent, but maybe more comfort with the team and stuff like that. Like he returns a little bit into the, you know, to, to form, I would say on that front, that's certainly, you know, that's, I think most people tend to think Lonnie Walker will find a new home. Um, yeah. Although certainly that, that could happen, I guess. But like, I, I think, you know, a bigger role, a bigger opportunity for him seems like probably the next logical step, um, <clears throat> you know, but yeah, I mean, I could see a world. I mean, I think like, and I've been one of these people who's been very, optimistic on Max Christie, but like, yeah. there's no guarantee that we walk in on day one and it's like, here are the shooting guard minutes, the backup shooting guard minutes, Max Christie. I mean, like Malik Beasley's on your team. Like you could very credibly play Malik Beasley mm-hmm. backup guard minutes in the regular season. Yeah. You know, no, I, 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 you know, so he's like last year, he was like the 13th man. Right. Which is usually mm-hmm. the case for second rounders, second round rookies. And then I headed into this season and I was thinking to myself, like, Nine. I could see him as like the ninth or tenth man, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I bounce that off some people, and they were, and and I've had somebody optimistically say, I could see him as seventh. He could be sure. our, our our primary shooting guard by the end of the the end of the regular season. And I look, I really like the 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 player. I you know I never saw him on the court last year. It looked like he didn't belong, so I could see it. I'm just hesitant to like go that far with the second round pick in his second year. Um, no, that's like, that has I mean, and, and that's the argument for keeping a guy like Malik Beasley too, is because like if Max Christie like usurps him, then you have sixteen million dollars that's easy to trade off expiring that you can use to yep. plug whatever other leak you're going to have because this team will have leaks, like it yeah. will. Um, you know, it, it may need help in the front court. It may need point guard help. Um, could need um, you know a wing. Um, certainly all of that stuff is totally in play. I mean, I guess that's all the positions, but like, <laughs> yeah, I guess it, <laughs> they might need know. some kicking help too, you know? Sure, or... Yeah. Right. Blocking <laughs> is going to be very important. Special teams is a mess. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think you're right. It, it is that that will be sort of, I, I mean, look, the draft to me was like test number one it was mm-hmm. like, are you, are you doing what you're saying? And look, and I think they were involved. They they were involved in conversations, certainly. Yeah. And there were players that they liked that they didn't get and that they didn't draft. Um, You know what I mean? I think Kobe Bufkin was a guy that they really liked. I think they really liked Derek Lively. 
Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? And stuff like that. And, and they didn't, but I think they really liked Jalen Hutchfino too. Like they were very comfortable making that pick. I think that they, you know, considered options of mostly moving back and picking up more picks, I think was, you know, and, and some discussion about players and stuff along the way. Uh, but nobody that you would feel like, oh my God, the fa- the fabric of the Lakers is is changed dramatically. I'm talking yeah. about role players, mm-hmm. you know, like not Miles Turner, like like role players. Yeah, and and, and I think Royce O'Neal, <clears throat> Dorian yeah. Smith. Yeah, exactly. That's like a, you know you know what I mean. And I think like um, you know, and those are conversations that they can continue to revisit. By the yeah. way. You, you know, as, as the team needs to, you know, be massaged here and there, and I think they will. Um, but it it just – that to me, like, the first test was, like, sort of like, yeah, they're, like, about what they're saying they're going to be about. And now mm-hmm. the next test, you know, one of the interesting things will be, like, okay, well, like, what happens here is they, you know, do they – are they able to push back a Baba guarantee date? You know? Um, yeah. Are they, are they able to, um, you know – either turn Beasley into $16 million somewhere else and, and, and kind of do another pre pre-agency pre-agency mm-hmm. Eve or whatever we want to call <laughs> it afterwards. Um, yeah. Like are they able, are they able to figure that out or they, you know, um, are they going to use them? Could they use them in a sign trade? Could they use him in the, you know, they have different options. They could bring that, him back well, at a lower number. You know, he's 16 absolutely. right now. They can absolutely. opt out of the contract and bring him back at like six or seven. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You, you know, and operate as bird rights and stuff with him. And, and so I, I do think like all of those things are, are interesting options. Um, it, it does though, like we keep saying, like, I, I just feel like, I mean, they have been pretty clear and mm-hmm. um, test number one, they passed in terms of like how honest they're being about what they'd like to do. Yeah. And we'll see. I mean, I think the next really big test will be, you know, what we hear, um, on the Austin Reeves front, um, you know, in terms of how quickly they're able to agree to something, I would imagine order operations, they would do it later, mm-hmm. but like they, you would want to try to, I think, figure out what's going to happen there. And I think his reps would like to do something earlier too, because like, you know, they want to see how these things have caps, like cap space doesn't last forever. People use it. Yeah. So if they're going to get him a bigger deal, it'll have to come from a team with cap space. And, and then, you know, we'll see if they, like they've told everybody, like we're gonna resign him. Like, okay, like now's the yeah. time. Like, let's see. And mm-hmm. then if they do that, you know, if they follow up with what they've said about Rui Hachimura, that would be the next thing. And then, then by the way, like meet your twenty twenty three twenty four Lakers because yeah. they're not going to change that much. Which, by the way, is a perfectly fine outcome. Like it's boring, and I know that you know when you when you lose, especially when you get swept in the Western Conference Finals, you're immediately thinking. Well, how can we improve? How can we compete with with Denver? Um, Denver, it sounds like, might get Bruce Bound back at, on that like Portis track, right, where he yeah. takes a one year deal and then resigns on on bird rights. Um, and and so like their team, they're going to be just as good next year, and the Lakers are going to have to f- find a way to compete with a better team. But that's the kind of thing, though. Like, and this was this was my point heading into last year, and I, I've held you way too long, but. Heading into no. last year with like trading Russ was just just give LeBron and AD a chance, right? Give them a logical roster, and and then see if you can massage it over the course of the year. Now, same thing, and they already have last year's the the the, the roster that they ended. There's the proof with. of con- yeah, there's proof of concept here. Yeah, with, yeah. With, with with that supporting cast, and 
And I think like, would, would people like to see it improve? Of course. Yeah. Of course they would. But it might, you know what I mean? Like it might just by playing together. (laughs) Well, that's certainly part of it too. And I, and I do think like there are elements of like, you can look and say like, well, like would our preference be that like D'Angelo Russell was like more of a two way impact player? Of course. Yeah. Of course. Um, find me the two way impact guard. Yeah. Find me the two way impact guard. You're going to replace him with. Who is it? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and, and that is, I think, like, this is, like, sort of the marriage of common sense, um, the market being what it is, um, the, the available talent being what it is, and, like, sort of just, like, the most prudent thing to do is to, like, yeah. you know, you move forwards in this way, you move forwards in this way, yes, your stars are getting older, um, you keep your core of, of rotation pieces younger then. And mm-hmm. then if you need to move in one direction or the other, like you've got options. Yeah. Um, all right. I have held you way too long here again. No, this is a good conversation. Was, it was, I enjoyed it. It's good talking I, through this stuff. It's the kind of conversation you look and you, you look up and I'm like, oh crap, we are at 43 minutes. So yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I, I hope, I, yeah, I hope I didn't say anything too, uh, too aggregatable. That's always <laughs> my fear in these situations. Well, that. we'll find out. Cause uh, the person, the person who knows that better than us is Harrison. Like Harrison is the aggregator. I've, I've been out of the aggregation game for a minute. Um, but where you can find his work, not his work aggregated is at the LA times, which I do hope that you are subscribed yeah. to. I am subscribed to, uh, that is Dan Wojcicki of those LA times. Anything specific that you want to plug before we get you out of here? Um, I think people would enjoy the Jalen Hunchefino thing I did um, with him uh, and his uh, his sore feet, which was kind of fun to watch. Like uh, a draft. Did you give him any shit over wearing Celtics green to a Lakers draft? So, so I I did ask him about that um, (laughs) very clearly. His favorite color is green. um, As a little kid, I know. Um, And I said, "Well, they'll beat they'll beat that out of you." Um, And then uh, I I don't think he'll be wearing green tomorrow when we see him at the facility. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, but it was, like, kind of funny, you know, he bought these loafers, and he even, like, went a size up, and, like, watching, like, a very helpful NBA employee, like, scramble to find, like, blister band-aids, because he's just, like, <laughs> I guess it's a very common problem for oh, yeah. draftees. Well, all, all of them are brand to, like, new dress shoes. The shoes are not working nearly enough on draft night, and um, it'd be a good business idea if you're, like, a size 16 or 17. Um, and you're in the New York area, the tri-state area. Just, like, walk, just around. Like walk around, walk <laughs> around in, in, in the hotels and loafers, you know, keep them clean. You have to lift your feet up. But uh, yeah. I checked that out. Um, a fun story that I think like kind of like slipped a little bit out of the radar was I did talk to um, Mike Tarico and Tom Tolbert mm-hmm. um, ahead of the draft about hyperbole because mm-hmm. they were, they were on the call for the LeBron James draft. Uh-huh. And sort of like we knew we were going to be getting a big hyperbole draft with Victor Wembanyama as well. It's sort of like yeah. the the potential traps and, and the, all of that. I will say, totally seduced by Victor Wembanyama. I'm yeah. all. In. I'm I'm a little nervous by how much he looked like Gumby. I'm like it just just you know it made me he, a little nervous. So I think he looks sort of like um, Jacob Adultman from BoJack Horseman, where it's like the two <laughs> kids in a trench coat. <laughs> Like yeah. that's, but um, a real quick one, but now I think, like, I think one, I feel guilty because there's nothing worse. And I remember Pop once talking about Boban this way, where it's like, Boban's the biggest person. He walks in every room and all everyone talk about Boban is how big he is, but he's like this incredibly special person. 
Yeah. And he's a three-dimensional person. All everybody talks about is one dimension, right? That he's tall. Um, I I hesitate to always talk about how big Victor Wembanyama is for the same reasons. Like he seems like mm-hmm. a very nice kid. Sure, he likes to do things. Um, he has, you know, what he said about breakfast tacos was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's yeah. very charming. Um, that being said, I watched him sign autographs as he walked through the tunnel at Barclays Center and reach up to like grab a jersey or something like that and it looked like he was on stilts it was one of the craziest <laughs> things in a room full of tall people yeah like yeah, you are aren't... constantly you are constantly told that like i mean you're so i'm so used to seeing six ten people it's crazy right in my everyday life yeah. i see victor Wembanyama, and like my head explodes like i'm always like why does he not have an extra set of joints like, like, how can one, Should have how can two one, knees. yeah, how can one set of knees support like the longest shins of all time? Like that, that to me, it was, it was crazy watching him walk around the draft. Um, and handle, by the way, handle it so gracefully. If he stays healthy, the NBA will make a bajillion dollars off of him. Yeah, great. I'm, seems like a great kid. Be, I'm all in on him. Yeah, yeah, you're you're in a good market. Role. You're gonna be a Spurs I, fan, Anthony. How do you feel about this? Uh, well, they might. There's like a whole bunch of talk about them potentially moving to Austin, like Correct. like coming up here. And if that happens, my children are definitely going to be Spurs fans. There's nothing I'm going to be able to do about it. He's like he's going to be the most like in, in the prodigious talent in in the league in a minute. Um, and I love like he just said, yeah, I'm playing in summer league for the Spurs. He's he's drafted by the Spurs, the load management team, and he's just okay. like. Again, I will I, I will believe all of that when I see it. I think he yeah. will for sure play at least one game. Yeah. Um well I am not counting on him to say at the California class. That would be my that would <laughs> be enough. my I am not counting on that. That would be the most we'll first see. thing though, right? Playing him in the California we'll classic and not in LA and not in Las Vegas. Oh, I like that. We're gonna schedule a game at the Rocky Mountain Revere just in case it's a chance no one can see. Reconvene the Orlando Summer League. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, Dan, for hopping on. Uh, given how busy uh, we are, you have kids in the background, and I have a child here on my monitor, and another one who's doing all kinds of slamming right outside the office. So I can't wait to see oh, uh, see what I walk out to. Over your house is still there. <laughs> me, me too. It's just the office now. Um, thank you very much. So again, subscribe to the LA Times. Subscribe to Dan's work. It's great. He is my favorite beat reporter. Don't tell anybody else. Um, and <laughs> this isn't public. We're good. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Seth. I appreciate it.